How you can identify your requirements. Episode fifteen. Yeah, yeah, woo, woo. Yeah, yeah, woo, woo. Did you hear me? I did. Hey, Ziglets! Welcome back for another episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast, where Zigabytes are faster than gigabytes. As always, we strive to provide real-world context around technology. I'm Michael Ziga, also known as Zig in this amazing community, and I'm your host. It has been some time that I have recorded an episode. Uh, I feel like it's been months um because everything going on in my personal life and then in my professional life as well so we got we got uh some updated information to give you today Uh, a few a few updates and then we'll jump into the topic at hand i will put uh in the show notes just a quick little timestamp. so if you want to skip the updates uh they will be personal just me and my family updates and then um if you want to get to the real content i will just put a time stamp in the show notes so you can jump ahead updates on stuff that's what i wrote down in my outline i really i really it feels like it's been forever because i had uh batched recorded or pre-recorded let's say the last episode about a month ago actually i think before i went on the cruise following my my schedule of content i had pre-recorded the episode and scheduled it to be posted uh while i was away on the cruise so well obviously we're back from the cruise and uh, my wife and i we we had a blast it, it was Definitely needed. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, uh, episode 14, and remember this is episode 15 now, part of the, the cruise was for me to disconnect. And I mean, like literally disconnect from the internet, from social media, from email and that email and this email and this chat program and that chat program. It really gives me a chance, uh, a solid week to disconnect from everything and really kind of focus on myself and my family and my wife, uh, Julie. And uh, and also we always go on a cruise with our friends so we can hang out with them and just really enjoy the cruise together as, as uh, friends and family. But we're back. Uh, we had a great cruise. We did a lot of things. We were pretty safe the whole time. So no no hurricanes, thankfully, and, and no bad weather. It was uh, sunny the whole time. Um, we had, I think, one cloudy day, but we had a blast. So it was great. While on the cruise, I was able to get some of the to-do list items that I've had in my head or on my actual to-do list uh, started. I didn't really complete much. But I was able to start a few different items that a few different projects, let's say, that I had wanted to start. So first off, I I was able to read a book. Um, I actually was kind of hooked on this book. My wife had read it and some of her friends had read uh, read the book as well. And it's actually a a series of books by author Karen Marie Moaning. So yeah, uh, it was by Karen Marie Moaning. And it's uh, the first book of the series called Dark Fever. I will be forthcoming and say that it's an explicit book for going by podcast terminology. So it's not a clean book. If you're not okay with that type of content, don't read it. It's got kind of sci-fi twists on it. Um, and then it's also got kind of a, a, an explicit content uh, in the book. But um, I actually read the book in a couple of days and I don't usually read that quickly. So I was uh, obviously hooked on the book and I really enjoyed it. And I actually started reading it again while I was on the cruise. And that's how much I liked the book. And that does not happen that often. But it's a good book, um, and I've actually started the second book in the series since I've been back called Blood Fever, and um, I will put links uh, to these books in the show notes so you can all see the book, and if you would like to look at it, you can, or if you would like to buy it, you'll be able to too. Moving on, so I was able to do some additional projects that I mentioned. 
really, I would like to call this as uh, I guess Gay Hendricks would say, it's letting my creativity kind of flow. Creativity and passion and love and life have an abundance of it. And I just got to say that, you know, this week I was able to work on some some projects that hopefully everyone will see in the near future in the next couple months, but some projects that I had been on my to-do list that I just didn't have time. I mean, um, in, in our careers in the networking industry and IT, we're, we're usually pretty busy, especially when you work for a value-added reseller. It, it was uh, very time-consuming, uh, you know, working and everything. So to, to get a whole week to be able to focus on whatever I wanted to focus on was uh, highly, highly valuable. Real quick, just a few uh, teasers, I guess. So I started working on a couple of new full-length design scenarios. I would traditionally call them CCDE scenarios or Cisco Certified Design Expert scenarios. I would like to try to get away from titling anything Cisco Certified Design Expert related because it's really, I don't want it to be just CCDE related. I want it to be design as a whole related. But uh, yes, I was able to work on a couple of those. Now, obviously they're not finished yet, but as soon as they are, I I will publish them and get them out there for everyone to to listen to or, or to read, not listen to, it won't be an audio version, at least not initially, but to at least read. I don't know if they'll be free or not. I have done one in the past and I will probably put that one out there so people can get it. Um, I'm just looking to make some more because I think it's valuable getting everyone down into those designs and, and making the right decisions. But I got to work on those and I thought that was beneficial for me. The next thing I got to work on was actually brainstorming for another book. And I won't go any further than that, but just brainstorming what I want to write about and, and actually going forward down that, that process. But yeah, so hopefully that I can keep making progress on that, the, my book idea and get that out to everyone in the near future, next day, you know, maybe six months or so. And then, of course, I, I've been toying with making some more blog series. So I haven't really been able to keep up with the blogs because I've been focusing on this podcast. So I'm going to continue doing the podcast every two weeks, as expected. And I'm going to maintain that, but I'm also going to maintain, hopefully, trying to do a blog the other week. So it'll be a blog post one week, podcast episode the following week, and then that cycle will hopefully just keep going constantly. Those are the the summarization of what I was able to kind of work on for pet projects. I also had the time and I also decided to re-listen to The Big Leap by Guy Hendricks. And I actually wrote some more notes for some upcoming blog posts for that. Again, that book is extremely important in my process now of how I am going to structure my life moving forward. If you haven't read it yet, if you haven't looked at it, or you haven't listened to the Audible version of it, I highly recommend it. And again, I will put those in the show notes of this episode. All in all, I was able to focus on a lot of stuff during the cruise, kind of in the moment type of stuff, right? It really gives me the opportunity to pick the things that I am passionate about, really passionate about, and actually dedicate the time to do it and not have the outside uh, responsibilities or uh, maybe not responsibilities, you know, the outside distractions even to slow you down. And so that was highly beneficial. It was, a, it was definitely a much, a much needed break. And I, I'm, I'm very thankful for it. And uh, I, I like to do it every year. So if you don't do something like that for yourself in this industry, I highly recommend you do. I mentioned that last time. Some people need a break more frequent. Some people need like a long weekend every month or every couple months. For me, I need a a good week off and disconnected for, you know, each year kind of. So that's my 
my go-to plan. But I definitely recommend anyone out there in this field, uh, you get something on your calendars that works for you to disconnect because in this day and age, it's an information overload and people have full contact and full access to you constantly, 24-7. 365 days a year. And I think that if, if you had the chance to detach from that, I think you'll, your mind will have a minute to kind of recharge. The next uh, new thing, I got a new audio equipment. I got a new microphone um, and I got an audio recorder. So I'm hoping that uh, by the time that uh, you guys listen to this, that I am using it and it is working as I expected and the quality is much better. That is what I'm hoping. And then it also gives me the ability to not have to rely on a computer. Um, I don't have to stand up a computer to record in Audacity or in GarageBand. I can record on the audio recorder and that gives me some free reign to move around and to do the recordings wherever we want to do the recordings. If I'm interviewing someone, which I know I haven't done in a while, but I plan to soon, it gives me a chance to be more mobile with the, the recording and the podcast as a whole. So I'm pretty happy about it. Hopefully, you know, you guys can give me some feedback if the audio sounds better or maybe it sounds worse. Maybe I'm doing something wrong, right? I'm learning as I go. So again, it, it is a work in progress as it will always be, but I hope it, I hope it gets better and I hope it, it, the expectations are getting higher, right? So that, that is my, my hope and my desire and my wish uh, moving forward. Of course, with the new audio equipment, my workflows are changing. So it'll be a learning curve and might take a little bit more time to process the audio feeds and get them uploaded and whatnot. But I'm going to work through it and figure it out and get it streamlined like like always. Stream, streamlined. There we go. Like always. So the, the meat and potatoes of today's episode is how you can identify your requirements. And I make that very vague, right? It's very vague because I don't want to be specific in the title for business requirements or application requirements or this requirements. I wanted it to be vague so that it resonates with you that how do you or how can you identify your requirements? And your requirements, it may not actually be your requirements. It might be your, you know, your customer requirements when it's, you know, your customer could be any department, right? It could be HR, finance, IT, help desk, you name it, it could be your developers. So their requirements, let's say, how can you identify their requirements? And then how can you identify your requirements? That's really the the question that this episode's all about. And uh, we're going to break it down. And then we're going to, um, we're going to break it down into two different kind of perspectives, I guess. The first perspective is um, different categories, right? So we're going to break it up into different types of requirements. And I break it up into four different categories. Now, there might be more. Um, I think most of them probably fit into these four. So let's, uh, we're going to have business requirements, application requirements, technical requirements, and then we're going to have user requirements. And for the most part, I think all of the requirements for any type of design that we do in this field is going to fall into those four buckets. I was going to have another one called security, but security really would be a business requirement, I believe. It'd be it'd fall under uh, the business because if it's a security requirement, it's probably a audit. You're following some sort of audit or compliance standard. And that's why I would say it's maybe a business requirement, you know, even though it is security, but it falls under the business bucket versus the application and technical and user. 
but that that's the the categories right and so you know later on we'll we'll ask some questions that will be key to the specific categories um the next part though is how can you identify the requirements right so let's talk about you're talking to your customer and let's say you are talking to your developer maybe it's a lead developer developing a application that's going to make the company a ton of money and it's a SaaS application and um but but you don't know any of the information about the application. So you got to start asking them questions. Now you might know that, you know, it's going to be a routed epic application. You're going to need IP addresses on the servers and they're going to talk to each other. And, but you know, they don't need layer two. You might understand that that might be what I would call a explicit requirement, something that is easy identified. These are relatively easy to determine. So like you can ask an easy question or you might already know the answer. You know, these are usually stated very plainly. So an, an example of a, you know, someone saying that they're running a voiceover IP, let's say, or VoIP in their environment. For the most part, if, if people are running VoIP in their environment, then you're going to have to deal something with latency and jitter because those are kind of common known factors with voice, right? Um, and same with video correspondingly. So there's, there's some generalized things that you should know when you're deploying voice and generalized things you should know when you're deploying video on the network. So those are kind of easily identified requirements. You know, you do, you might ask, hey, are you running voice today? And they say, yes, we're, we're running Cisco Call Manager. Or you ask and if they're running voice today and they say, no, we're running, we are running Avaya phones or something along those lines. And you're going to be able to tell from there without them going into any further detail that you need to include a number of things in your design to adhere to the voice requirement. Whatever vendor, whatever solution, there's going to be requirements for voice traffic, and you're going to have to adhere to those. That's, an, that's what I would call an explicit requirement, something that is really easy to understand, really easy to get. It's plainly identifiable. They're easy to determine, and, and you pretty much ask a question and you may not even need to and you got the answer, right? The following topic or the following category is a little different. This is going to be stuff that is you have to lead the customer down a question path to get the answers that you're looking for so that you can design a solution appropriately. So these are going to be what I call implicit implicit requirements. And you as a trusted advisor should be looking to find out these implicit requirements. And I will have to say that this is going to take some experience. It's going to take some practice knowing what questions to ask when and in what verticals, um, what venue, and then also who you're talking to, right? If you're talking to the um, networking manager, or if you're talking to the um, VIP of engineering, if you're talking to a CIO or a, CIO, a COO, you know, knowing who you're talking to is going to be a huge perspective as to what questions you ask and the answers that you're expecting to get too. So just just keep that in mind. But these are the questions. Like this is where your skills, um, your your experience, your practice is going to help you determine based on what you are hearing the requirements. Now again, explicit was easy. Of course, implicit is going to be harder to determine. Right? It's going to take some more time and some um, more effort to determine those requirements. So how do you find out? All right? How do you find this out? Um, and I'd be asking the same question. So, and it is by asking a number of leading questions. That is the answer. So what do we ask and why do we ask it? And here's a few examples of what do we ask and why do we ask it? So let's, let's go with um, 
business requirements, let's say. And I have a handful. There's a ton of all these. There's a ton of examples. There's a ton of questions you can ask. This isn't going to be a full list of what questions to ask in what situations. So, you know, use your own judgment, of course, and your own experience to know which questions to ask. The business requirements, what I would ask are, what are the key drivers for IT in your business? And that is a loaded question. You're going to get a lot of output from that. And if you don't, then you're probably asking the wrong person. And you might get different answers depending on who you're ans- asking too. So keep that in mind. If you ask the engineer, the, the you know, senior network engineer, if you're you know, like a, a value-added reseller and you're asking the senior network engineer a question like this, you know, they may not know the answer to this. So then you got to ask the manager of the team or maybe the CIO or the VP of IT, those are questions maybe for them, but you got to know who your audience is. And that, that's really the key there too. And again, take the answers you get. You might get different answers depending on who you're asking. And then you can make a, a valid decision, uh, a valid determination on what requirement you need to um, factor into the design. So that that's one, right? The next one's what what's your expected growth of the business over the next three, five, and 10 years? This is something that really determines what type of solution you're going to do because um, you need to, you know, if the answer is, hey, we don't intend to grow the business in the next three years, um, that's that's probably a problem and you, you probably don't have a lot of money to do anything. Or maybe you're sustaining, I don't know, maybe you're sustaining the business and then you need to, uh, maybe they're focusing on another another department or another uh, a revenue avenue that is not and conducive to IT spend. You know, maybe it's cloud, but then you could be asking the same questions there too. So these questions are, they're not mutually exclusive to, you know, an on-premise solution, a cloud solution. Um, these questions should be asked in any situation, in my opinion. Um, and maybe not specifically these questions, but um, you should be asking questions that fit into these buckets as you talk to these people. And they will really, these questions, these answers are going to really dictate the, the underlying requirements that the customer in your case, doesn't even know those requirements. So keep that in mind. That was uh, the second question on business requirements. So going to the third question, what's the impact to your business if the network is offline? Now, I, I traditionally ask this question because most people nowadays don't even realize that the network is now a requirement. And it's becoming more and more common uh, a common requirement that it, what I would call it's unwritten. It's an unwritten requirement. It's happening a lot more in the last few years than it had uh, historically. People could bring down the network and it wasn't a big deal. But now uh, when you're talking to, let's say, hospitals, uh, organizations that are 24-7 and 365 days a year, uh, they cannot have downtime. It's an environment that gets feeds from outside and brings them in and does maybe some data analytics or some sort of correlation, or maybe it's billing, whatever. Um, It can't handle downtime. So you're going to have a lot of customers that might come back to this question and say, if the network is down, then the business doesn't function. And for you, that's a huge key from a design perspective, because now you can say, okay, well, um, we got to remove single points of failure. Maybe we got to move double points of failure, right? So that you got to you got to figure that out. You got to weigh that with um, the other requirements that the that you get from this whole process with your customers, with your business leaders, etc. 
So that is a good leading question that I ask uh, uh, probably 95% of the time. So those are the examples for the business requirements side of the house. Now, I, I there's a ton more, and I'll have some links into the, the show notes that has a, a, a pretty exhaustive list of questions. It's still not every question, but it gives you a good idea of some of the questions that you should ask as a trusted advisor, um, as an influencer to an organization, and as a network engineer, network architect. These are questions that you should be asking constantly because you may not know these answers, right? As a network ar- architect or network engineer, you know, you're kind of siloed and you're kind of buffered, I guess, from a top level business perspective. So a lot of these questions you should be kind of asking um, as you build relationships within your own, your own organization. Uh, the next topic is application requirements. And I only have two examples here because it's pretty straightforward. But what are your critical applications in your business? So I ask that question a lot of times because I wanted to see what the response is. A lot of organizations that I deal with today have custom applications. And so, you know, how are they built? No one seems to know. Uh, what, what, what do you need from a resource perspective for that application, meaning bandwidth, um, latency, jitter, et cetera? Or, you know, does that application need to be in a QS queue? Does it need to be in a low latency queue? Uh, does it need multicast? What are, the, what are the, the details around the application so we can design a solution that meets that application's needs? And then and, and from that point forward, it'll meet the business needs, which then it'll meet the business outcomes and expectations that they're looking for. Remember, this is a full circle on every episode that we've been doing the last couple months. So it's a full circle. You got to keep that in mind. Everything we've gone, gone over, this we're just going to keep adding to it. So yeah, what are your critical applications in your business, right? And if you know that they're doing voice and video or they're running a call center of some sort, then most likely voice slash video is going to be a priority. But there's other applications that people don't realize. And, you know, they don't realize it. And then you're like, hey, my my ticketing system isn't working. Well, what type of system is it? Now, you know, you could use a, a commercial system like Remedy and uh, ServiceNow. And I think there's some other additional ones out there too. But uh, what I'm talking about is like, you know, the, the organizations that build their own systems, their own applications, and maybe they're a SaaS application, and they don't even know that it's a critical application from an IT perspective. And so understanding the business applications and what, what level of criticality the applications should get is, is really key, in my opinion, um, because then you can identify, hey, this application requires low latency, it needs a low latency queue, it needs a fast convergence. Um, and it needs sub-second convergence, not just fast. It needs sub-second convergence, and it runs. It needs multicast too to keep the cluster clustering up on the back end. So now you're talking about a uh, multicast design, um, whatever that might be. Because you need to ask additional leading questions to determine that you know what type of multicast protocol to run. And then on the the sub-second failover of a, like a routing process, I mean, that just means it can't handle downtime. It needs to have uh, like redundant routes and, and backup routes. Maybe you're running BFD. Uh, maybe you're running MPLS traffic engineering tunnels to, to solve that problem. But again, if the application has a requirement, in a lot of cases, the application in this day and age, uh, some of the applications that I've seen require layer two connectivity. So, you know, the requirement is to, heaven forbid, and I I hate it, but it's the span layer two between data centers. In some of the conversations I've had with a lot of other peers of mine and colleagues and friends and whatnot, applications aren't built correctly in our eyes because applications should never require layer two connectivity. The network team specifically has to 
enable, let's say, band-aids or put the network in a position to in a poor position because we're trying to fix the application problem, the application's problem. With that said, the underlying thing here is that a lot of my experience with, with critical applications is that, oh, it's they only support layer two traffic. They don't support layer three. So now they have to be on the same subnet, same VLAN. And now you have to span the VLAN across locations. If that's across switches in the same floor, switches on different floor, heaven forbid it's a DCI connection between your data center. So it's a data center interconnect DCI, and you're, you're doing a layer two connectivity between your two data centers. And, and that can be if you haven't dealt with that yet, that can be quite a problem, uh, quite a a problemsome design situation to be in if it's not done correctly. Um, the next application requirements question is: What are the traffic patterns for your applications and your users slash customers? And nine times out of ten, whoever I ask this question to, they don't know. They don't know what their traffic patterns are. This comes up more often than not when. I'm doing some sort of micro-segmentation project. And that's a, that's a, a air quote micro-segmentation. It's a, it's a buzzword nowadays, right? So I'm doing some sort of micro-segmentation project. Let's say it's NAC, and, um, and I'm not going to name just any NAC solution. Let's go there. And we deploy NAC. We get things authenticating into the NAC solution of choice. And then we want to authorize specific access, right? It's that AAA model. That's authentication, authorization, and accounting. So we're on the authorization part of the AAA process. And uh, and then it's like, okay, well, I don't know what that person, whatever, maybe it's an HR person, maybe it's a finance person. Uh, maybe it's a critical SaaS server, part of the critical application that no one seems to know. Um, no one knows what the traffic pattern should be. So how can we restrict or allow traffic if we don't know the traffic patterns? So this is a key question to ask so that we can understand long-term, what are the traffic patterns? Um, what 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 do your applications need from a traffic perspective? And then what are your users? Do users um, connect to the application? Uh, maybe there's temporary servers in each location that kind of cache the application so it's not going over WAN. I mean, there's there's a lot of implications here that could go um, very long and very detailed into the design of a solution. So um, those are your application requirements questions. And there's only two. And I know there was pretty long-winded, um, but there are a lot you can ask. Um, again, multicast came up, but yeah. Do your does your applications require multicast? And if so, what type of multicast? And there, you know, your your again customers with air quotes or customers of variable, they're not going to know the different types of multicast in the most in most cases. You know, most cases you're going to get someone that just knows the application needs to connect on the back end. So you got to ask those leading questions and then those follow on questions to determine what type of multicast solution to deploy. And then that's what I'm getting at here. These, these, these are your beginning questions you ask, and then you're going to have follow-up questions that you're going to have to ask. And then you're going to get to a point where like, okay, I, I'm good. I know what I need to do now, right? Um, you know, your, your WAN connections need spoke-to-spoke traffic uh, patterns, you know? So we're going to do something that allows spoke-to-spoke traffic. And there's no compliance standard that says it has to be encrypted. There's no compliance standard that says it has to go back to the hub for any reason or back to the data center, let's say. So we're going to go ahead and allow spoke-to-spoke traffic and whatever technology that we're deploying. So there's there's an example. So the, the last bucket that I have some questions for is the technical requirements section or bucket. These are 
I'm going to say for us as as an organization, uh, the easiest ones for us to ask and and get because they're already on our mind. As network engineers, we're going to ask these questions day one, uh, not even day one, that first five minutes in a meeting because these are easy. And these, in my opinion, at this point, should not be the first questions we're asking. The business requirements should be the ones that we're asking first, the business questions. But a lot of us ask the technical questions first. Like, you know, for example, easy one, what vendor hardware are you using today? The next one that's common is what routing protocols are you using today? You know, are you using OSPF? Are you using BGP? Are you using ISIS? Um, You know, there's, you know, or are you a Cisco shop and you're using EIGRP? You know, all valid answers. But those are usually the easiest questions for us to, to, to start with, you know, and that routing question can, again, go further down, right? Oh, you're running OSPF and BGP and EIGRP today, or if you're running RIP even, um, are you doing any redistribution? Oh, you are? Are you doing mutual redistribution by, you know, in multiple locations? Oh, do you have any routing loops? Let's check, right? You get down that, that rabbit hole of maybe you have a routing issue, are you, you know, are you, are you tagging the routes? Are you properly filtering the routes in some way? And maybe they're not. And maybe that's half their problem. <laughs> in some cases it is. And in other cases it's not. So, um, But obviously you can go down that, that rabbit hole of additional questions. So I, I, I hope that uh, makes sense to everyone. Uh, so just to, to recap again today, we went over business requirements, uh, questions, uh, application requirements, questions and then technical requirements and the questions that I have, for example. So I'm going to put in um, the show notes a link to the Cisco Learning Network, specifically the Unleashing the CCDE blog that is hosted by Elaine Lopez, who is the CCDE and CCAR program manager. She wrote up a summarization blog post a while ago, and I have had it in my um, bookmarks. It is called the CCDE Book of Questions. It has a pretty good list of questions that, that you can use in your day-to-day interactions with customers. And, you know, again, in your, your own organizations, it could be the, the business leaders or the senior leadership in different organizations, uh, different uh, departments. So like your VP of engineering or your VP of IT or your VP of HR, right? And then you can even go down further into the management staff and whatnot. Again, this is, this is what it's all about, asking questions and getting proper answers so you can make better designs, better solutions to meet the business's outcomes, the business's expectations, and really um, show the business what, what we can do from a, a networking perspective and really get a, get a seat at the table. That That's really what this is all about. But I, I'll, I'll put that link to the CCD book of questions in the show notes. You can search for it if you want. Um, if you do Unleashing the CCD, search for that right there on the Googles. And uh, then from there, you should see CCD Book of Questions. Um, you go ahead and click on that, and you'll see a pretty good list of questions that you can use and, um, and rely on when you do your, you know, your scoping meetings within your organization. Well, Ziglitz, that's going to wrap up this uh, episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast where we discussed how you can identify your requirements. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit zigbits.tech to join the conversation and access the show notes. Today's show notes will be zigbits.tech slash 15. We're on show 15. Yeah. If you liked today's episode, if it inspired you, resonated something within you, or provided a level of real-world context, let us know. You can find us on Twitter and LinkedIn by searching for ZigBits. You can also send us an email to feedback at zigbits.tech. 
Don't forget to join us in two weeks for another episode where we will continue to provide you with real-world context around technology. Bye for now.